we're all protecting you. We have we all have protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. I was I so mad. Don't ever breathe. Don't breathe. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It is our duty as Bravo historians, Bravo lovers, Bravo, I guess, influencers, you might say. (laughs) Um, It's our duty to dissect, inspect, and speak about Everything that graces our bravos. Well, not everything, but the important stuff. And that's why we're doing OC. I know a lot of you boycotted OC. A lot of people have saying, Oh, is that happening? Watching. Yeah. I mean, for everyone's reasons, I understand why some of you are not watching. So don't worry if you don't watch. We will be recapping it here for you because we will be watching for all. People have told us in the past that they listen to our recaps and don't watch the shows not because they're boycotting the shows they just aren't interested in watching week to week and they want to listen to our recaps and they feel like it gives them the picture anyway that is true so whether you're just like not watching because you don't watch or you are just so anti kelly dodd um that you are part of this movement um don't worry we got you covered and that's what we're here for and by us it's me eddie estrada is this the longest? It's Armin here. Uh, is this the longest you've was, ever gone yeah. into a podcast without introducing yourself? I mean, I guess you've done a whole podcast without ever introducing yourself. So. No, yeah, but I just I had to throw it in there. I had to let people know. Yeah, if you don't know by now, that's Eddie. I'm Armin, and, and we're here to talk OC. We're back to okay. talk some Orange County. I have to say, I have to say, I am actually really enjoying it. It was a good first episode. <sighs> I honestly disagree i did not think, really i did not think it was a good first episode but i think this season is going to be maybe one of the most intense yes. in all of housewives history okay i get what you're saying i mean it wasn't like the best episode to start with but i thought it was a very good start and the preview for the rest of the season like i'm interested to hear the story i'm very i my eyes are open to this documentation not only of these women but also the coronavirus and COVID and the pandemic. That is what is frankly going to be a difficult watch. I think we talked about it on our trailer breakdown. Mm-hmm. We said that this season, or at least I said, I think you agreed with this, that this season was going to test the limits of voyeurism. Yeah. In part, because we are all still living through a lethal global pandemic and then to watch other people suffer through it, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be the most, let's just say, breezy, entertaining watch. I think it still could be entertaining, but it's going to be a little bit more heartbreaking, difficult. But hey, this is what we do. We analyze housewives, right? So we're going to do it anyway. Um, I wouldn't fault people for not watching this whole season because I think some people need some space from the pandemic and don't want to be reminded of it. Um, In regards to this first episode, I think it was a typical premiere episode. I think most premiere episodes, Eddie, aren't that good. 
But like, because I'm, it's what just I'm trying setting to say the stage, you know, is I mean, I loved it. I think they set up a really good season. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, compared to other, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, I mean, we were super excited about Beverly Hills when it started too, and then that one fell in the dust. But like, it was a good. It's a good start. You know, I was nervous that maybe the premiere would kind of make me be like, ah, yeah, I'm. I'm You're out. I'm not going to be watching this. This just seems weird. It seems off. But it actually hooked me. I'm mm-hmm. back. I barely even noticed Vicky and Tamara were gone. Like, honestly, the only reason I really remember that they were gone was that montage at the beginning, which I loved. I loved, like, the OC of the past. And, like, we've been through so many changes. Like, it was great. By simply not turning us off from it, they met their objective. Yeah. I think that's the absolute correct assessment um, because like you said, there is a lot like floating around this season. Mm. It's less about the content of the season and more about, like you said, just the Kelly Dodd spectacle off screen. And a lot of people are just so turned off by her that they don't want to watch this season. And I think the editors had to do a good job of making sure that, they're somewhat likable in this first episode that you want to stick around, and especially Kelly Dodd, who I think came across fine in this first episode. She came across fine, but, like, they immediately made me dislike her the moment they went to, like, next on this season, and she's, right. like, sticking her tongue out of the mask, as, like, Shannon is going to be literally dealing with COVID because her daughters were, like, out and about in town. I like, know. I'm very interested to see that dynamic between the two of them well let's let's start with kelly dodd and let's work our way through like where the ladies are starting the season i think that's probably the best way to set up this podcast and let y'all know what's going down in the orange county um so let's start with kelly kelly dodd is dating rick leventhal and they were having lots of sex um that's literally all i got from it is that she cannot get over how hot rick leventhal is he's 60 years old but fucks like a 29 year old and she would know. By the way, like, why wouldn't she know? Like, I'm, I'm I mean, presuming at some once... point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I died when she said it's like the movie Cocoon. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, uh, that's just a step too far for me. Like, I, I remember watching Cocoon. I, God, I was like, I think I was in college and I like have it across it. Isn't Kelly... Dodd's entire shtick just taking it one step too far every time. I mean, yeah. And, and like, my thing is, like, girl, you do you really think you're at the age that you could be, you need to be cocooned? Like, she's, she's young, right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, she is young, but he's 60. Yeah, but he does not look 60. <laughs> so, like, her whole thing doesn't work for me. I'm sorry, Kelly Dodd canceled. Uh, uh, <laughs> But she has a new friend who we were introduced mm-hmm. to. Should we get into the new girl first or should we start with the other ladies? Let's start with the other ladies before we get into Elizabeth Vargas. Um, who gives me like... It, it, let's I'm just get into right her. Now. Let's just let's get, just get, get into, into her. her. She's Erica Jane. If Erica Jane was like literally... It's just a different life, different path, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the worst way. <laughs> Elizabeth Vargas is what happens when people let money get to their head. I feel like her whole life is about... And Erica Jane hasn't? I mean, tr- it's okay. It's expensive and, uh, to Jane, be me. Okay, I mean, Erica her Jane entire thing it, is okay, that she's so Jane rich. does it in a way that I, like, respect. <laughs> Elizabeth Vargas does it in a way that makes me want to gag. 
if that makes sense. Like her, like, uh, just the way she spoke about herself, like, she basically, like, was poor and then realized, like, she got money from working, so she was, like, working all the time. But then she was, like, in a musical theater troupe or something and, like, sang Big Spender to this guy who just started taking her on trips and, like, married her. That's her story. Like, literally, that's what happened, right? Or am I crazy? No, that's exactly what happened. Um, It's funny how it's presented as this super special story, but it's, like, Sonia Morgan 2.0. I mean, at this point, yeah, it's literally, like, the but same not story as awesome. Erica Jane, Sonia, and Elizabeth Vargas. It's like creepy older man starts coming to the, your place of business or your musical theater troupe because they enjoy your work and they and much more they enjoy. <laughs> and you know they make them they, they make a move. You make a move back by saying, "Hey, big spender," and the checkbook comes out. And then you secure then the, the bag. Comes follow. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, she seems like she's probably the richest of these ladies. I'm guessing. That's her entire personality so far. That and her celibacy. Okay. Okay. That thing. Okay. I, maybe this is, okay. I'm just going to stop before I say something wrong. (laughs) So let's tell me what you think about the celibacy, Armin. I, it's not what I would do. It's really not. But everyone does their own thing. I think three years dating someone. Hold up. Okay, wait. I need clarification here. I I wanted to ask you this. Has she been dating this guy for three years? Or has she been broken up for three years? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. I was confused as well. I think she's been dating this guy, Jimmy, for three years. So, see, that's a long time, though, to, like... Wait for divorce papers to come through. Bethany Frankel is still not divorced. And it's been like 20 years. Like, how what, long are you going to wait? I mean, the thing is, is like... Th- there's I mean, everyone's different. Whole- Some people don't even want to have sex. But the only reason why I thought it was interesting is because she said she wanted to have sex all day, every day. So with who? With him. But he but doesn't like, want the- to because he wants it to be pure, right? Or something. I... I'm sorry. I just, my thing is, is that, the, why is she, like, why is she holding out for this man? Like, I, like, what is his deal? Like, what is she, is he, like, loaded as well? Does she want to, like, combine the finances? Like, what does he have that she needs so bad to, like, literally be like, yeah, no, the sex is not going to happen for three years. It's literally dangling the carrot. We, we talk about the figurative <laughs> dangling you know of what? the carrot, but I'm this is the literal say, you know, dangling I, of the carrot. I mean, I'm never one to judge. Everyone is has their own beliefs, their own things, their own way they, li- they live their life. Is it but a it religious just thing? Seems, it could be, but like it just seems very out of character for her persona to be also celibate and cool with it. Well, it's I not even like seeming. She literally says she wants to do it nonstop, right? Yeah, but like So she's outwardly she, saying, I need it, I want it. But she's been three years without it. Because this so guy won't do it until it? some stupid legal document is signed. That's what's bizarre to me, Eddie. Maybe I just have a different mentality about things, but who cares about a legal document? They are broken up. You're not sleeping with a married woman and doing something salacious and wrong. You know, they are going through a legal process. 
So she may be technically married. So what? You're not going to have sex with someone you love because of a technicality? That just seems bizarre. It's not like it's not like the court's going to be like, mm, we got to check if you guys had sex. <laughs> like, there's no way, and there's no way that's legal. Like, it's just, it's just, I we got to move on from it because we'll literally be sitting here scratching our heads for the next forty five minutes if we don't. But everyone is, is scratching just, their heads. All the ladies don't get it. I, it's not even us. It's not even a you and me thing. I yeah the nobody gets it. I and I hope we find out more. I bet you, and I hate to say this, was that her son in the back seat? I missed that. The one with the Hermes belt. See, I saw that the brother was driving, but I don't know who the person in the back seat was. Okay. You're talking about that scene, right? Where they're in the car. Where they're going to see the the dog shelter that yeah. she wants to the buy. The brother like, was driving. Worry, we can change all of this. Yeah, I don't know who was in the back seat. That's who Jimmy's sleeping with. Is that queen in the back um that was my theory but you know to each their own uh okay moving on speaking of people that aren't sleeping with each other we have emily and shane Mm. um they actually seem like they're better and yeah like i i take going hot and heavy right now it felt like it was almost like Oh my gosh. It's it was almost like this scene was like so manufactured where they're like sitting and they're like, Oh, we're so much in love. Like you're so much better than you were last year. And she like goes in for the kiss and he's like, not getting it. Once again, Shane, not there. I rarely say that things in Housewives are scripted. That was fucking so scripted. It like, was rough. It, it may not have been scripted to the T, but yeah, you're right. It was supposed to set the stage for a new narrative, which what which was they are in a good place. They've done a full 180. They were hitting rock bottom as a couple. I mean, all the stuff with him not wanting to see her show in Vegas and not supporting her and him with Oh, his... my gosh. I, I, I forgot about that. That was so upsetting when she did the whole strip tease and he, like, was not into came. It. His mom and dad came, but he wasn't there. He was not into it. The bar exam stuff. Like, they've come a long way, or at least they're trying to convey that. What I thought was weird was she was blaming herself. She was saying that it was her fault and that she wasn't giving him enough credit for being such a great husband and father. That wasn't my perception, at least based on on the footage from last year. Uh, Same. Yeah, I think most people would agree. You know, know, his uh, masculinity is very fragile. It can. It can't be his fault. It has. It had to be Emily's fault. See, it that, had to be. That's why I think it was scripted because I feel like Emily and Shane went into the off season last year and said, "Okay, we want to rehabilitate Shane's image because he looked awful last year." And, and he I looked think, terrible. Yeah, I think they're coordinating a rehabilitation of his image. So, yeah, how much of it's will. true? How much of it isn't? These things, Eddie, they tend to bear out towards the side of truth. You know, whenever you have this rehabilitation narrative and it's like, we're going to try to make Jax Taylor look good this year. Well, guess what? The next Mm. he cheats on Britney. That's what happens. I think usually we see a regression towards the mean. They're going to try this whole Shane is an angel thing. I don't really buy it, but that's what they're going for. Hey, you know. Uh, they can try and we'll watch, but you know, we, I already have my feelings about Shane. Okay. Who else do we have? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's do Bronwyn first because I want to save my lady for the last. 
Ooh, but Bronwyn uh, has a heavy storyline this year. I think we yeah. should finish on Bronwyn, to be honest. Well, I want, I want it. We're going to finish on Bronwyn's conversation, but let's okay. kind of, let's just talk about her new house and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so two ladies have new houses. One is Bronwyn. One is Gina. Um, with Bronwyn, she grew out of her house and she was like, I needed this new house. I had this upgrade. She has the paycheck from housewives. Now she can upgrade. Um, and her house looks gorgeous. I think mm-hmm. this new house is big and beautiful. But she's like kind of shaming Gina, who also has a new house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's smaller, obviously, because you know Gina doesn't have the money and is also going through a divorce and has all these other things going on. Um, but her and her boyfriend, who also has kids, have basically made a hostel for their children. <laughs> They've converted a townhome into a hostel. Exactly. It's like this OC hostel for literally only their kids. Like we have 20 bunk beds stacked into a small room. See, I think townhomes are great. But not with six kids. But with six kids, it's tough unless it's like some sort of super massive townhome. But it doesn't seem like that. No, those kids are sleeping on top of each other. Right. Literally. It's a three bedroom, right? I believe, yeah. It's a three-bedroom. That's tough with six kids. They obviously have the master bedroom, and then you have two bedrooms for six kids. But, you know, it's tough. It's tough. When you have six kids, I think it's tough inherently. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, yeah. I I couldn't even imagine. I I just can't imagine. I'm not there yet. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. Poor kids. Very little privacy. a parent, even even one kid, a kudos, hats mm-hmm. off to you. Like, I got, I just gotta say that. Is Shout out to the moms and dads out there, grandmas, grandpas, everyone too, aunts, uncles, if whoever you're taking <laughs> care of, any parent with a child, um, we are celebrating you. Today. Yeah, all the guardians <laughs> out there. Um, Bronwyn, we'll get back into because we do want to talk about her story, but there is a slight mention about her drinking. Um, right. that's brought up at the beginning of this episode that she was at, um. Rick's 60, 60th birthday party in Miami, which also, um, what's her face? Carrie from Dallas was at, literally partying up right there next to Bronwyn. I was like, oh, crap. But yeah, evidently Bronwyn was a little out of control that weekend. We'll get more into that story mm-hmm. later. We're going to end with that. But Worth noting that it's something Emily pointed out. Yes. Now, my girl, the one and only... Shannon Storms, and I will say her proper name now because she is no longer married to that troll man. <laughs> Hugh shall not be named, last name Bedore. He got uh, a lot of screen time this episode, though, in the okay, flashbacks. Too much. Too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we're, are, we, are we retiring Bedore whore? I want to make like a single run of like <laughs> of something that says Bedore whore, but like, I'm a storm stand now. Like I have to be. I I just, you know, I I I have to weather this storm with her. <laughs> you loved being a Bedore whore though. You I think I loved, you coined that term. And I, I think, think other I people use it now. I coined Bedore whore. Um that was me. So everyone is very welcome for that one. But no, yeah, we have to be um storm stands now because mm-hmm. Shannon has moved on in her life. And now you must uh, as well. So but that's okay. From Bedore Whore to Storm's Stan, at the end of the day, your objective stays the same, and that is to champion Shannon Storms. 
I love her. Um, so let's talk about her new relationship. I am obsessed, <laughs> obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. I'm with shocked. Her, John. I, I cannot I, believe that you're obsessed with what Shannon's I up to. I think they are literally the cutest thing in the entire world. Um, they met one night. They were just, you know, out with friends. And he came over and said, I like EU. And they did a little karaoke. And they haven't stopped hanging out with each other since. But they do not live with each other. Um, which I loved her little like, mm-mm-mm. But I keep my house. Um that's a smart move. You don't want to move in too quickly. I, I don't understand the moving in quickly thing. Um, because people have, you know, strange habits. At least they're strange mm-hmm. to you, right? I think moving in quick is a recipe for disaster, you know, in part because suddenly you're having to spend all your time with that person, acclimate to their habits, and make a lot of compromises and concessions. And if there isn't a long history to lean on, I think it could be a recipe for disaster. And how long have they known each other at this point? Like a few months? Smart move to not move in. I mean, that's the thing is like, don't rush anything that doesn't need to be rushed. I mean, if they're just enjoying each other, just enjoy each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. But like, at the same time, I do see that this is like a very, there, there, you know, there, there's something here between these two. And it's just very, apparent and palpable it's just wonderful to see i mean i i am always for shannon being happy and i really loved when she said you know it took me if i had to wait another you know if i had to do it all over again and wait 55 years to find what i found now i would do it all over again is just a testament to how happy i think she is her kids seem so happy yeah his kids seem so happy they just it just you can feel the warmth of this relationship and this new, that blended family, you can just feel that warmth permeating from the screen. Like I, it made me feel so happy for Shannon. She's been through so much over the past few years and for her to just be coming out on top and really winning makes me very, very happy. So I just got to give it out to my girl, Shannon. I got to say shooting it up for the storms. My number one girl, uh, How many Storms puns are we going to get this season? Please limit it to like two an episode, Eddie. You've already I done like know. nine. I don't know. I could marvel <laughs> more at this storm, but, uh, you know. I think we're going to have to log off. Can you finish the rest with a monologue? Oh, my God. No, you know, this is, I can't do this. I, <laughs> I, hate, okay, I hate when people do puns on podcasts. Like, I hate it. So I apologize to all of you for being that person right now who's like being like, so annoying with my joke. Just weather the storm right now, listeners, and we'll get through <laughs> the stormy period of the podcast. Um, no, enough with the puns. Seriously, I hate that. Um, so we should move on. We didn't forget anyone uh, of the ladies, so let's get into the storylines. I mean, there's two camps right now, it seems. Um, and... Shannon Storms is very upset at Kelly Dodd mm-hmm. um, because, as we know, Kelly Dodd was speaking um, to what's-her-face. Um, to Jim Bellino. The, yes, to Jim Bellino while that lawsuit was happening that, um, as we know, Tamara and Shannon were in because of things that were said online. And she basically is like, Kelly, I'm upset that you did this because you were my champion. Like, you were my homie. Like when I was going through my divorce stuff, you really were there on my rock. And then for you to just like be my bestie and then just 
flip around and just come at me. Like I was very hurt, which I think is such a fair reason to be hurt because when someone flips like that, it's like, why, why, you know, like give me a little bone to like throw here. But I did think Kelly was cute bringing the Uno as the gift. Like she's the own Uno amiga. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And Shannon said it, it's a thoughtful gift. It's not just, I don't know, a bouquet of flowers or something that she could have given Shannon you know, something that, I mean, by the way, giving a bouquet of flowers is lovely in many instances, but there, there is an extra level of thought with a clever gift like that, right? Yeah. And that's where I thought Kelly came across as pretty likable and, you know, a good friend. Um, it didn't last that long because no, they literally, st- <laughs> literally, it was like within like, a, like the same scene. It was like, yeah. are you kidding me? And I, it's going to hit a new rock bottom for sure with those two this season, as we see in the preview. Um, but, you know, by the end of the scene, they were able to reconcile and, like, be friends again and start anew, as housewives typically do. But I have to say, there was a reason why I think Kelly and Shannon always seem to be an unlikely pairing. Because Shannon is a little bit more regimented and has her ways and kelly can be a little uh free spirited (laughs) to say it nicely um and and that's you know where you get situations like the headbang last year right and remember everything that preceded that where you know kelly was being obnoxious and you know interrupting uh the like counselors or therapists or whatever at the arizona uh lodge and mm. that was really pissing Shannon off because, like, Shannon needs things to be a very certain way. They, they are two polar opposites, right? 100%. So I feel like they are destined to always be at odds, even if they do have these moments where they say, okay, we could be friends again, and I like you, and we could have fun and drink together, take shots together like they did in this scene. Um, but ultimately, they all butt heads. They're just two totally different people and not in a good way. I'm going to always be Team Shannon Storms mm-hmm. um, till the day I die. Um, but my thing is, is the ways that they are, like you said, Kelly Dodd being this kind of free spirit, careless person, and Shannon Bedorms being a little bit more, you know, regimented. Bedorms is amazing. I'm stealing that. Is that, that. what I said? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even catch myself. I love that. Um, but I, I would just want to say, I just want to say moving into the COVID world and the COVID space, I think mm-hmm. these personality traits and the way that they're acting is really going to kind of bleed into their storyline and why mm-hmm. they obviously become even more fractured as people, because it's not just little tiffs that they're getting into where it's, it's their personality traits. It's literally a pandemic that's getting between them and the way that yeah. they're handling it with their personality traits, which amplifies everything to the next level yes exactly the coronavirus is going to exacerbate their contrasting characteristics and i think it's going to be one of the more interesting storylines this year should we get into bronwyn yes let's speak about bronwyn um i was a little shocked by this scene um this is not what i was expecting from bronwyn this season at all she comes out and has this conversation with Emily. And the reason she has a conversation with Emily is because 
she says Emily was the only one who really saw what she was going through last year. Emily was the one that was kind of working on letting her know that her drinking situation was might have been a little bit of out of control at some times and kind of keeping her in check. Uh, Bronwyn lets Emily know about what happened in Miami and that whole situation, how she got out of control. And she is telling her the story um, where she was basically on a four day bender and every hour while people were doing whatever they were doing, she was still taking shots because she was so shaky and she needed the alcohol to keep going, which is terrifying. Um, at the end of the episode, it, she reveals that she started drinking at age 14 and she truly has never stopped unless she was pregnant with the kids, which is why she had moments of sobriety. Um, but she basically reveals at the end that she is an alcoholic and it looks like she's getting help, which is amazing. Um, but I feel like this is going to come under attack a lot this season from the ladies. And I feel like her sobriety is going to, it's going to be difficult, especially in this group. Um, It's going to get tested. I I think it's hard to be an alcoholic on Housewives. It's difficult. Even in this scene where she's telling Emily that she's an alcoholic for the first time, Mm -hmm. Emily is drinking. I thought that was a bit awkward, right? And I remember in uh, Roni, when Luann had to stay sober, she would tell everyone, no, just keep drinking. I'm totally fine. And for a while, she seemed to be fine and she could handle it. But we know she had a couple lapses. Mm -hmm. And we know Luann is not an alcoholic, so it's a little different, right? And then ultimately, being around all the ladies and being around that environment where there is incessant drinking, Luann has gone back to drinking now it's different again right Luann doesn't have a serious issue like that um but Bronwyn was saying that this is really serious and from the sounds of it it is and she needs to as she said stay sober forever even though mm-hmm. forever as she said is a long time um so yeah this is a dangerous environment I I said this to you once before if you want to st- keep your friendship, you shouldn't go on Housewives. I forget which yeah. friendship we were talking about. It was some long-lasting friendship that, that ended on Housewives recently. Um, Carol and Bethany? No, but you know what it was? Rinna and Denise Richards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, 100%. PSA, if you want to <laughs> keep your friendship, don't go on Housewives with your friend. Um, I would argue a similar thing with sobriety. I think it would be very difficult to stay sober on this show where drinking is encouraged. Dorinda said the same thing, right? That when you're shooting, drinking is constantly encouraged, whether it's going to the clubhouse and taking a mm-hmm. shot ski. And the show itself is centered around drinking, right? We're going to go to this dinner and drink a lot. We're going to go on this vacation and drink a lot. Um, can she pull it off? Yes, I think she can pull it off. But it's going to be a huge test. It's going yeah. to be very, very difficult, and I think she'll constantly um, be facing this sort of uphill battle because they're not going to make the environment easier for her. She's going to have to acclimate and and make it work in the environment. So that's tough. Yes. That's very tough. I mean, I'm rooting for her, of course. Um, Bronwyn, I, I'm just going to say I'm the second screening it, and it looks like she's been sober for 285 days. 
Um, I don't know if that was when this season was started filming. I'm obviously not entirely sure. Um, it doesn't seem so. It might be. I'm not sure. I think we'll find out. But um, I really hope she sticks it out, even with this everything that's going to happen this season, because it looks wild. Um, yeah, this season of OC, I know y'all are have your feelings about it, but I think going to be an interesting season and they're not making kelly dodd look good so don't worry and i will say this for the premiere eddie we mentioned it all once again yes we did mention it all and this time for oc so thank y'all for tuning in sticking with us and hearing all about it if you guys want to make sure we catch you catch all the rest of our recaps because we're doing oc potomac and salt lake city is coming up november 11th for those who are ready uh, make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys are on social media, we are too. It's at Hot and Bravo. That's H-O-T and B-R-A-V-O-D. Armin, want to let them know about anything special? How about our Patreon, Eddie? I think mm-hmm. that's pretty special. I on, think it is too. On Patreon.com backslash Hot and Bravo, you can get all sorts of exclusive content including our monthly mailbags where you and only you as a supporter of our Patreon can ask us questions. You can get access to bonus episodes like our Hot and Bravo Hot Seat uh, segment, our Bravo Battles. We have a new one coming up on the OC. It's going to be Tamara versus Vicky. Oh, oh, oh. Who do you think I'm going to be rooting for? You'll (laughs) have to find out. Yeah, you have to listen to find out. And, of course, our entire catalog of over, I think, 60 bonus exclusive episodes. Um, We also have a reality rewind of season two of Interpump Rules on there. There's so much on there. Um, So support us for only $3 a month. You get so much exclusive bonus content that you don't get on the main feed. Of course, on the main feed, you'll always get the recaps. So thank you for uh, supporting us here. And uh, we appreciate all of you. You can follow me too. I'm at Eddie underscore Strata and we will see you all next time. Adios.